This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of April 9th. I'm your host, William Liu, joined on the program by uh, my Pound the Rock podcast co-host, Joe Wolfon. Joe. What's going on, man? We're going to plug that, we're going to plug the shit out of that podcast, this podcast. Yeah, yeah most definitely. R- right off the jump, too. That's pretty aggressive. Joe, before we talk about Raptors stuff, what is Pound the Rock? Uh, obviously, Raptors fans know what Pound the Rock is, but what what is this podcast? Where is it, and what do we talk about? Uh, Pound the Rock is a new weekly NBA podcast uh, on the Score. Um, comes out hosted by comes out on Mondays, uh, hosted by yours truly, um, you and uh, OG Raptor blogger Joey Cash, That's Joe right. Cacharo. Um and yeah, it's, uh, we we've done one app, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I feel like uh, it's it's a pretty good mix of banter and uh, you know more serious analysis, and I think uh, I think we're gonna have a good run. Yeah, technically we're not allowed to admit that we're Raptors fans, but I think it'll be pretty obvious. <laughs> a quick Google search will reveal all. Yeah, I think um, the three of us have all tweeted at some point. Fuck the Celtics. So. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, but you know, that's, the, the podcast is to prove that we can still talk objectively about them, and uh, that's right. I feel we still can when there when uh, when the situation calls for it. Yeah, of course. Look, look, the Celtics have had a, a nice year. They they really overcome injuries. I mean, Brad Stevens did, did a hell of a job to win second in Coach of the Year, and you know, uh, it's just a shame that he had to compete against Dwayne Casey, who's going to win sixty yeah. games. It's, it's it's a tough, uh, tough, tough, tough life. And also, fuck the Celtics. Also, fuck the Celtics. All right. Um, so yeah, check out that podcast. Uh, it'll come out tomorrow afternoon. Uh, that's tomorrow will be Monday. <clears throat> right now, we're here to talk about the Toronto Raptors, which, uh, another, well, not another, but, you know, we, we, everyone's calm now, right? Three and a week? Uh, I, I would hope so. I mean, the pretty comfortable and confidence inspiring wins, I think, over, uh, Boston and Indiana. 
granted, uh, both those teams coming in on the second night of back-to-backs. Raptors are also on the second night of back-to-back in that Boston game, but right. uh, very shorthanded Celtics team and like pretty ragged Pacers team. But nevertheless, I mean, they took care of business, uh, have been playing really good defense, I think. Mm. And um, it, it's been nice to see some guys who are struggling start to come out of their funks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, I mean, definitely people should feel better than they did uh, a couple weeks ago when it was uh, all doom and gloom after that Cavs game. So, Yo, by the way, I, I, it feels like it's been a couple weeks ago, but it was actually just Tuesday that the Raptors oh, <laughs> lost to the, <laughs> the Cavs. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago. I, I can't yeah. remember what losing feels like anymore because we just got three <laughs> more wins. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you how like immediate and reactionary all this shit is because uh, it, it everyone was in a pretty dark place, I think, after that Cleveland game. and They didn't uh, even try that hard. That was, that was the weird thing. And, and Kyle Lowry was going to Villanova and stuff, or going to San Antonio. Antonio, I mean, yeah, come on, man. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the Raps, what they still haven't lost more than two games in a row all season. So if uh, good. I mean, it, it's always been, I think, in the DNA of this team where like they they'll have a rough outing or even you know like a mini slump, and they always come out of it pretty strong. Uh, they've been really good at bouncing back, and I think yeah. um, that's. Uh, I mean, whatever the case, like they're. they're they, they seem to be back to kind of playing with a, with a little bit of an edge and like more defensive intensity than they had during that little swoon. Right, right. And um, starting season threes go down again. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of that's going to carry over, but definitely you'd rather them head into the playoffs on uh, on a bit of a a winning streak than the opposite. And you know, nailing down that one seed is allowing them to rest guys too, which is nice. That's true. Perhaps they have nailed down the one seed. We've. Um secured um, home court throughout the East playoffs. Sorry, that's just what the one seed means. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, it's late. It's late. I had a glass of wine with dinner. Uh, I enjoyed the shit out of that Magic game. It's very, very nice. stress-free. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the first time in franchise history, um, we should probably hang a banner for that. Um, you know, <laughs> we should celebrate the fact that the Raptors have shattered their previous franchise high for wins. We're now at 58. It's great. Hang a banner for that. Sure, yeah, 58. Hang it for 59 when we win tomorrow against the Pistons, and <laughs> maybe hang 60 when we go to Miami. I don't understand. I don't even hang, know who's going to go to Miami. Hang one when we win game one. Like, really, oh, yo, how if many we, banners can we be hanging this season? Let's, uh... <laughs> honestly, we should celebrate every small accomplishment. I'm completely down for that. Yeah, um, game one banner. Yeah, look, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, look, the Leafs got like 25 numbers retired up there. I'm sure the game one is... It's going to be more significant than, like, what, you know, Matt Sundin. Yeah. That's not true. Matt Sundin, respect. All respect to Matt Sundin. Um, It'll but, be more significant than the Bon Jovi banner. I think we can say that with some yeah. reasonable confidence. Exactly. Um, so, um, anyway, look, I, I want to talk about the playoffs, but realistically, we don't really know who it's going to be, so it's kind of pointless to talk about the playoffs now. It's kind of pointless to worry about who it's going to be. Um but, um, you know, one, once everything is decided like that, probably Thursday or Friday, uh, you know, I'm going to do another podcast with either Blake or someone else um, to do a playoff preview. So we'll, if you're waiting for the playoff preview, just wait until we actually figure out who the Raptors are going to play in the first round. But in this podcast, we're going to look back, Joe and I are going to look back on the Raptors season and how glorious it was, and we're going to hand out some awards. Obviously, things like Coach of the Year, we can't hand out to the Raptors um, because, you know, 
whatever. I guess there's a strong contention actually between Dwayne Casey and, and Jerry Stackhouse, but um, Rex Kalamian, you know Rex. Nick Nurse. Yeah, there you go, Nick Nurse, baby. The offensive Re- guru, the genius. He reshaped finally. the offense. Finally, yeah. man, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but we will hang. We will hand out the other awards. So let's start with MVP. Um, am I allowed to pick Masai Ujiri? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, how, how, what what was Masai's PR this season, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like off the charts, man. Yeah. His efficiency, uh, just as far as uh, I mean. Man, like, uh, he's been absolved for a lot of picks that I think, look, I, I was guilty of, of calling Jakob Pertle an unsexy and vanilla draft pick. Um, he's I've been not eating sexy. crow. <laughs> I've been eating crow on that and I'm now, you know, driving the Jakob Pertle bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, Pascal Siakam, I thought, you know, a, a lot of people consider that a reach, even at number 27. That obviously has proven not to be the case. Um, and honestly, just the decision to bring the band back and, uh, you know, to re-up with Kyle, um, to re-up with Serge, to bring Dwayne Casey back, and to trust that internally the team could make the leap that it did without really overhauling the personnel. I think it speaks volumes just about the kind of trust that he's instilled in the organization mm-hmm. and... um I don't know, man. There's, I don't. I just don't think there are a lot of executives in the league that could have done what he did. Looked at the roster that he had and actually seen this happening or seen it as being possible that, yeah. that he could uh, run it back, but um, do it in a completely different way and have the kind of success that that they've had. Um, so maybe that's a bit of a cop out. I just no, don't no, really I, feel I like, like I like that. I like that. Someone yeah. had to have the vision for all this to happen, right? And I think Masai. I, honestly, if you probably asked Masai, like, if you gave him true serum, he'd probably tell you, like, I, I can't believe how good some of these guys are. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, s- seriously, man, I mean, I think he, like, without that vision of seeing what is still here, like, it's very important to not throw out the baby with the bathwater in this case. And, you know, there, there was a lot here. There really was. And, you know, as long as the Raptors were able to um, change the way they play and, and, and figure out um, – you know, how to maximize this roster and how to develop a new identity, and I think the young guys have done that. Like, I mean, Masai is very up there with for MVP, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of it, too, is I just, like, don't really feel like litigating the whole Lowry and DeRozan thing. Okay. Right. Um, because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I can't pick between them, for one thing, and for another thing, I feel like they're, when people start debating between those two guys, they're heels tend to get dug in and it sometimes turns hostile and I just think both those guys have been amazing and both deserve a ton of credit for the way that they've bought in and uh, the way that they've kind of led this team um, but I don't know man I like do you do you have a pick between like one of those two guys or do you have a different pick for MVP I'm, I'm going with DeMar I, I think DeMar is the one player that had to change his game the most Mm-hmm. Um, because his game was sort of the closest to sort of what the old identity of the Raptors was. And it's not saying that, like, it was bad necessarily. Like, DeMar had a fantastic year last year. He really did. Um, I mean, he earned all NBA honors, and rightfully so. He carried the team when the team was down. He started off, like, crazy, scored, like, 30 straight in the first, like, nine games of the year uh, and finished strong, too, um, you know, hitting a couple of key jumpers, like, in New York, uh, Washington, and stuff like that. 
Um, but, I mean, look, the, he had, like, it's really hard after a player has a career year like that in the middle of his prime to come to him and say, look, we need you to change your game. And mm-hmm. for that star to be humble enough to, like, accept that message and change for the good of the team, and he did. And it's not like he was the one that, you know, that's leadership, really, right? Like, that's some shit that's not necessarily on him because he was already more than doing his part for the team. Um, but for him to change his game and to, to you know, facilitate a new style where, you know, the Raptors ranked six in offense this year. They were dead last last year, right? Like, the the, the Raptors played much faster than before. DeMar's been, made in, so... In assists, you mean, not... Oh, yeah, in total assists. Office. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in um, assists per game. I think they were, like, behind, like, the Phoenix Suns. Let me just quickly look that up. Raptors. No, the Raptors were dead last in assists per game last year too. Jesus yeah. Christ! And their their like assist rate, like their percentage of assisted baskets, was uh, like the lowest I think in thirteen years. So it was it, it was like a historically um, <laughs> yeah. oh, isolation man. heavy offense. Yeah. Look at this number: eighteen point five assists per game. That is yeah. so ugly, man. I mean, this season the Raptors are at twenty four point three, so that's up six assists. Um, and like, how many games have there been like? 30 assists, like, just, it, it comes, just comes regularly to the team. And DeMar has, you know, been a huge part of that. He's been so willing to move the ball. The Raptors passed the ball on average. Um, last year was 270 passes per game. This year, 300. Part of that speaks to the fact that they're playing faster. But, you know, a lot of that is, has come with DeMar changing this game. And there's been very few games where DeMar has been forcing a shot, quote-unquote, uh, in, in an opportunity where the Raptors didn't necessarily need him to. And that used to be the biggest knock against DeMar was that sometimes – you know, he would just go into that mode where I need to get a bucket. Mm-hmm. You know? DeMar, like yeah, you said, sure. man, he's strictly on demand at this point. <laughs> if the team needs a bucket, he's going to get the bucket. Otherwise, he's going to move the ball. It's great. Yeah, I mean, his – I think, you know, a lot of people, especially earlier in the season, were, like, focused on the three-point shooting um, right. and, and and less so on the playmaking. And, and to me, that's the, the biggest area where he's upped his game this year. It's just um, – like finding guys out of the pick and roll, mm-hmm. um, and like making those skip passes to the corner, like really expanding his his playmaking role, and th- that's unlocked a lot of things for the offense for sure. Yeah. For um. Sure. So I, I do give him a lot of credit for that. I, I do think that Lowry is still like a little bit more important. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think, but Lowry has his hands on everything. Plus, Lowry's you know a very impactful team defender. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. And, and yeah, there've been a lot of games where where Demar's really disappeared defensively. So I don't know. I, I don't know how I would pick between them, but uh, I think they're both deserving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's really like a joint effort, right? Like I don't think yeah, it could sure. work without either one of them. So um, I give them both a ton of credit. That's right. Better together. <laughs> no like, doubt. Like that uh, All Star campaign for Kyle Lowry win. That was strictly for Kyle Lowry. Demar was gonna get in regardless. <laughs> it's like, yo, bring yeah. Kyle, please, please, come on, don't make, don't make bromance moments. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, next up, uh, most improved. So there's a lot of players that could really go on this yeah. list. Yeah, this this is like the most difficult one for me. Um, and I think it's like between four guys. Okay. Um, the four. To me, I think it's between Fred, yep. Pascal, yep. Uh, Demar, and JV. Okay. And honestly, I kind of think it's JV. Like, oh, I think, I, I oh, think that's snap. my pick. Okay, um, okay. Because 
I, he's the guy that I expected it from the least, I think. You know, he was a guy where I, where I looked at him at the start of the season and thought, this is a guy who is who he is. Okay. And I didn't necessarily see a ton of growth potential there. Right. And I feel like just like the number of different areas in which he's made small steps forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's one area where he's made like one tremendous leap aside from the three-point shooting, but even then, that's, that's such a, like a tiny sample. A, that, it's a novelty thing, the three-point yeah. shooting. It's nice. Um, it's, it's a nice free bucket, and it, it matters, but it's, it's yeah. But just just like the, the the little small strides he's made in like pretty much every aspect of the game, like the, like the increased awareness that he's playing with, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as being able to pass the ball, like they're using him a little bit more at the elbows, and I think he's like been a much more adept right. uh, playmaker, and um, just like making smarter decisions, they they uh, gone a little bit more conservative with the pick and roll defense, and I think he's done a really good job, like when he's dropping back and playing close to the basket. I mean that Houston um, game. That Houston game, yeah, it was My like God. a you know really a perfect distillation of all the improvements that he's made. Like he's done a better job, I think, staying on his feet, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think in just like pretty much every area, he's he's managed to improve a little bit, and it's made him uh, a better rounded player who's able to stay on the floor in crunch time, um, able to make an impact at both ends of the floor, and um, you know just just like a guy you can rely on to to make good decisions you know like whether it's it's in the four on three out of the pick and roll which is like something that like on the short roll he he re- really wasn't able to do in the past mm-hmm. um or you know wh- whether it's being able to kind of drop back and and play like like you saw in that rockets game like really be able to kind of uh stay in front of a ball handler while also not uh, losing track of the role, man. Like stuff like that. He's just uh, improved by leaps and bounds. I think so. Yeah, for sure. He's my guy. Yeah, it's a good. It's a really good pick. <clears throat> I mean, I think yeah, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys that um, can be in consideration here because so many players took a leap forward. Um, but the one guy I was surprised you didn't mention was Jakob Pertl. Um because like he he has like first off he's not fouling out of every single game anymore, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a part of that was reputation, because I never felt like he was that, like, reckless or bumbling. Um, but, I mean, like, Pearl has gotten so much better on defense. You know, like, he's had so many games where he's single-handedly changed um, the result of it just with his activity and his mobility. Like, you think of those Warriors games, I mean, like, Pearl was huge in both of those ones. Um, you know, he was great in the Denver game just recently as well. I mean, he was just a monster in that one after, you know, dealing with some foul trouble, ironically. But... His finishing has become so much better. I mean, Pirtle is shooting 65% from the field. <laughs> 65, yeah. man. Uh, you know, he's even, he's, you know, he's, he's even got that surprising little baseline jumper. He's always been so good on the offensive glass. He's, you know, um, developing that chemistry. So, I mean, I think Pirtle, you know, deserves some love. Obviously, Fred is someone that, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's Fred, honestly. I, I do think it's Fred because just like, you know, who was this guy? Um, he was our four string point guard that we carried around kind of, we never even saw him really, um, that much last season. And for him to sort of come in and basically be the most important player off that bench in terms of just not necessarily with the numbers, but, you know, just setting the tone for the, the whole bench as a whole, his attitude, um, the way he moves the ball, how intense he is, um, defending, how intense he is just doing anything ever in life. Um, <laughs> You know how much he grooms himself and, and and looks proper. I think that's rubbed off nicely on Delon, right? Delon has really glowed up. Um, and you know, but um, yeah, I mean, Fred Van Bleet, of the, course, the, uh, came yeah, out of nowhere, the, bro. 
the the most profiled man in the NBA this season. Yes. I think it's safe to say his agent is great. I don't know who it is because Andy Miller's gone, but <laughs> uh, whoever it is currently, great job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, definitely no qualms with that pick either. Like, I think it's crazy that at the start of the season, a lot of us were kind of bagging on Dwayne Casey for playing Van Vliet as much as he did. I mean, he had really a really bad first 10 games of the season, but if you take did, that out, yeah. he's been like <laughs> insanely good. I mean, this dude was a fourth-string point guard yeah. last year, you know, and, and came into this year as a third-string point guard that I don't think anybody really expected to be uh, a, a significant part of the team, let, let alone the vital part of the team that he became. Yeah. Um, and... It's pretty incredible because he he's out there in crunch time almost every game. Like almost he, he every closed, game, he closes games all the time, and um, that's nuts. Uh, he he surprised me and I think pretty much everybody else yeah. uh, in in the Raptors community. So uh, definitely a good pick as well. We gotta show some love to Pascal as well. I mean, yeah, man. that's <laughs> man. what I mean. This is like a you know there's this a lot of competition every- for for this award internally. So all right, how about we just put together the top three then? Okay, so, I mean, yeah, my top three would, I think, go JV, and then Fred, and then Siakam. Okay, I will go JV, I will go Fred, Siakam, and then JV. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even Sir, even someone like Serge Ibaka, like, there's been a lot of growth in this game, or at least yeah. attempts to grow in his game. <laughs> Whether that's, like, completely transformed is not consistent, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Seriously, I commend a guy who's 28 years old, and he's, you know, changing himself. In the yeah, middle of and DeMar, career. too, man. I mean, and DeMar, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Dwayne Casey, like. Dwayne Casey? Yo, Dwayne Casey for most improved. Yo, that would have been, that's a crazy pick. Oh, I'm gonna have to revise I'm my I'm just saying, now. I think that, that's, you know, that's, that's really what has been so special about this season, I think, is, pre- you know, you pretty much point to anybody, uh, inside the organization with the possible exception of Norm mm-hmm. and say, like, this guy grew in meaningful ways this season, so. And Norm? Um, well, Norm grew in, in, in endorsements, that's for sure. Okay, well. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Twizzlers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Norm, bro, Norm, get, get that money, Norm. Um, he's looked better of late. Let's, uh, he has. let's give him some love. He's just he come in, he comes in, he's physical, he, he, tra- he trails a wing for a while, and then he, he, you know, makes a bad decision on offense, and fine. <laughs> except today, except today, against the Magic, he was, he was great. I'm yeah. happy for him, I'm really happy for him. Um, next one, the, uh, six man. Again, a um, lot of options. Yeah, a lot of options. Um, it's really hard to separate them out, but th- this one I will go with Fred just because yeah. I think, um, he, like, he, he's the guy who I think the Raptors have leaned on the most. For sure. Um, and, and more than any of those other guys, like, they rely on him, you know, in crunch time to close games, and um, he's the guy who I feel like has, has been able to steady the ship and, uh, like, he feels to me like the guy who captains those bench units more than anybody else. Like sometimes it's Pascal, sometimes it's Delon, but those guys also sometimes have a tendency to disappear a little bit. And I feel like that has happened less with Fred than it's happened with anybody else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that one's pretty obvious to me with Fred. Although Siakam mm-hmm. is also very close in this game, but um, the award I want to give Siakam to is uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. I a hundred percent. He's our best individual <laughs> defender. Period. Yeah. And help defender. Yeah. Like, if you put on ball plus help defense, that's the outcome. It's wild. 
this this is like another one where I feel like I probably want to put together a three person ballot because okay. again, like a lot of deserving guys. But okay, let's, uh, let's I, make I, the case for Siakam first, and then we'll let's let's add some more some more love on top of that. Um, okay, Siakam like on ball is just ridiculous to yeah. me. Like he his ability to like move his feet and like the activity of his hands. Um, Guys like can't just like can't really get by him or score on him one on one. Like you mm-hmm. see guys like Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Love, and like even in some cases LeBron James like try and score on him one on one. It's like they just can't really find their way around him. Yeah. Um, and you know he can he can switch pretty much one through four. Um, in some cases one through five. Like bigger centers are obviously going to give him some trouble, but um. He can switch across at least four positions, and uh, again, like you said, like his help defense has also been really good, and uh, he always knows where to be. He's extremely fast, um, crazy, one yeah. man fast break. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I love, I love what I love most about Siakam is that like he's able to turn that like crazy defensive pressure immediately into a fast break. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm like I don't know if that necessarily should factor into Defensive Player of the Year, but like. Um, how impactful that defense is immediately translated to offense, I feel like is part of that defense that he does. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's our best defender. I don't think it's even that close necessarily. Um, I mean, the Raptors have a lot of good defenders, but cause Siakam is consistently in those uh, the best lineups defensively. I mean, Siakam's a constant. We've seen him close some games. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of the guy for us right now, right? Like that 3-4... Um, you know, tweener type, and that, that's 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 Siakam's cover, and um, you know that's obviously been a hole for the Raptors for a long time. That was a big one for the Raptors coming into the season. I thought that's where we were weakest, and it's, to some extent, I still do. But um, you know, not having that three-four type after PJ Tucker decided to sign in Houston, like you know, that had to be. If Siakam didn't step into that role. There would have been a lot more of these long nights because he is kind of the last line of defense um, for guys like that. So, yeah, for Scott sure. There have just been like so many games where where the team has been kind of like dragging their feet and lacking energy. Yeah, and he picks he, it up. That's yeah. That, that's just never ever been him. Not one night this season. So yeah, um, he deserves a ton of credit. Um, I really want to throw some love Yago Pertle's way yeah, as well fantastic. because he he's become such a good rim protector. Yeah, um, and he's really figured out how to like get to his spots, go straight up. Um, and even when he's not blocking shots, which, you know, he's become a really good shot blocker as well, but even when he's not blocking shots, he's changing shots at the rim. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at, like, uh, uh, opponent uh, field goal percentage at the rim, he, among, like, you know, high-volume uh, rim defenders, he's fourth in the league. Um, That's fantastic. Ahead of Rudy Gobert, like, ahead of Anthony Davis, just behind Joel Embiid. Um, and Pau Gasol, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> That's more the Spurs system now, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he he's, like, makes such an impact defending at the rim. Um, and was also, like, you know, as a switch guy, is also pretty good. He moves his feet really yeah. well. Um, and, uh, again, like, as a helper, um, just always very prompt, um, quick with his rotations, always in the right spot. Um, I I do think like he still fouls too much, and again he doesn't really get the benefit of the whistle, even though he's not a rookie anymore. He still gets some cheap calls uh, mm-hmm. against him. Um, I, I think he could rely on his feet even more than he does because he does get kind of handsy sometimes, and he also can get bullied by uh, bigger dudes. 
Right. But, but um, I mean, honestly, even part of that is also just a testament to like he's always in position to challenge, and he always challenges. Yeah. Always, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he would be number two on my ballot, and uh, and I think number three I would put Delon, who who probably doesn't get enough credit for <laughs> what he does at the defensive end. Um, like. That what he did in that Celtics game was just insane. Insane, bro. He looked like Jason Kidd with that eight point nine rebound, eight assist game with fantastic defense. Yeah, and like just he gets some of the most incredible steals I think that yeah. I've ever seen. Like from like he'll be getting just straight posted up and not seem like he has any angle or any position mm-hmm. uh, to make a play on the ball, and will just like come from out of nowhere to poke it loose or to just like outright steal it and. Yeah. Uh, it's wild, man. His anticipation is amazing. His, his hands on defense are amazing. Like, he gets more deflections, I think, than anybody on the team. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if you add up steals and blocks per 36 minutes, DeLon Wright is tops. 1.8 steals per 36 uh, and 0.9 blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which for a guard is <laughs> pretty nice. Yeah. Although, if, if you look at Yaka Pirtle, 2.4 blocks per 36 minutes yeah. With point nine steals, I guess yeah, I guess Yak is number one, and then you know everyone else is Delon Wright. Yeah. But. Well, I think ba- I think Baby would be number one to be honest. Yeah, but Baby, I mean Baby You're played four hundred minutes. Yo, ba- yo ba- <laughs> his per thirty six numbers are nuts. Three point yeah. eight blocks and two steals. Yeah. Um, shout out to Baby for coming in and basically being a five hour energy drink. <laughs> he just is like. Or sometimes stuff. being like the come down from a five hour energy drink. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's if you play Bebe in the second half. <laughs> yeah, First half Bebe is phenomenal. Second quarter Bebe is like the best thing you could ever do. Yeah. Just, just put Bebe in the game. Yeah, I mean, I want to give some love, um, to Pirtle as well for sure. Actually, I want to give some love to Fred Van Lead as well, man. I mean, his on ball defense, um, like I'm thinking of that play against Chris Paul. Yep. Yeah, like just like. That was special. Picking guys up full court, um, just that 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 toughness that he has. I mean, like he's, you know, I mean, like on ball defense, he's 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 phenomenal. And and you know, if only he was a little bit taller, be a little bit better. But seriously, he's he's great at picking guys clean. He's going to the going the other way. Um, but also, I really do love the fact that he's so good at helping um into the paint, into post yeah. ups. Like that used to be like I don't know for some reason the Raptors played a ton of bigs in uh, November and. Like yeah, November and December, the Raptors put a lot of big men for some reason. I wanted to post up, and you know that was used. That used to be an effective strategy against the Raptors a little bit, where um, the Raptors would switch so heavily in the start of the season that there were a lot of these mismatches, and even wings would try to post up. And there was always Van Vliet around the corner waiting to just like pick off and disrupt post ups. And he's such a good help defender. I mean, he's 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 learned to take charges as well. Um, you know he's he's actually a solid rebounder even though he's kind of short. I mean he's he's very feisty. He fights for loose balls. He's like he always comes with up with loose balls. So I don't know, man. Van, Van Vliet is defensively is 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as Delon Wright though. Like Delon Wright, like peak. Like I mean, like when Delon's engaged, he's you know pro- the best defensive point guard on this team, which is saying a lot. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, Van Vliet is. Just like Lowry. It, it's crazy, and I, I know it seems like a, a little bit facile to say that um, because they both play for the Raptors, but they really just do. Like, there's so much overlap there. Yeah. And, you know, the way that Fred, like, pushes bigger guys out of the post, mm-hmm. um, the way that he fights through screens. And like you were saying, yeah, my favorite thing about his defense this year has been just, like, the timing on his double teams. Yeah. Uh, 
and I, I specifically remember like the game against the Pelicans early in the Marcus year where Cousins. when Boogie like just like kept trying to post up mm-hmm. and just kept getting stripped. I think he had like eight turnovers in that game. Yeah. Um and a, a bunch of them were forced by Fred just like crashing down at the right time. Um it's cool, man. Yeah, I, I just like love talking about these guys. It's really <laughs> cool that we have that we have such a good and fun team. It's been it's been such a fun regular season. Yeah. Um, and then last thing is um, just your top five game slash moments of the year. Um, obviously, there's a lot to pick from. Um, yeah, but let's let's just build the top five instead of just each presenting a top five. I think we okay. could both agree that the Houston win, is, the second Houston win, is up there. Yeah, I would put that at number one just because of the. That game made, I, I, made us I, feel I like we were say, legit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were on yeah. like a seventeen or eighteen game winning streak. Yeah, and we beat them. Like flat yeah. out, we beat them. It wasn't no excuses, nothing like that. We just beat them. Period. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say like, you know, like the stakes were really high, and then I thought about it. like there weren't really any stakes on that game. You know, the Raps were solidly first in the East. Um, yeah, so but like, I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, the game didn't actually have any sort of like tangible stakes but it was mm-hmm. more like like you were saying you know like like proving something and making a statement and there were a lot of eyeballs on that game obviously yeah and i don't know man like anytime you can end a 17 game winning streak that's pretty insane Yo, uh, especially since houston right after the 17 game win streak got snapped by the raptors went on for another <laughs> 10 like 11 game win streak yeah Exactly. Um, um, right. So they had like you know even early in the season when uh, the Raps went to Houston and beat them. Yeah. Uh, that basically preceded a stretch where they went like twenty three and one. Also. Yeah. There were these like two incredible runs that they went on that were broken up only by <laughs> having to play the Raps, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, I, that would be my number one. I don't. I don't think anything could top that. Just for drama, like for the quality of the game from start to finish. I'm super uh, confident that if somehow there was a Rockets Raptors finals, the Raptors could win that and would win that. I'm super really? confident. I'm super. I'm super super confident for that. I think we super defend the Rockets really well. Yeah, we do. I mean, or we did. We have this yeah. season. Um, you know, you don't know what kind of adjustments they would make, and I think that's what would sort of scare me. Is like at the end of the day, they still do have what I would consider a pretty significant talent edge. So yeah, for sure, if they were just able to adjust um, and learn from some of their mistakes, uh, then, you know, the Raptors might be boned. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I would certainly feel more confident in that matchup than I would in a matchup against the Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're getting smacked by the Warriors. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not close. Um, but speaking of the Warriors, I feel like that uh, that near comeback... Um, At the ACC? Was, yeah. Despite the fact that they didn't win, uh, uh-huh. that would probably be in my top five as well. That, that second half was... Okay. As much fun as I've had watching basketball in my entire life, really. Like, yeah. That was, <laughs> Yo, we that were was getting, ridiculous. We were getting killed, like murdered. Like, yeah. David West was carving us out. <laughs> yeah, we were down 27 at halftime. David West was his geriatric-ass hands, just shakily drinking, you know. Just hitting 17-footers. Nonstop, bro. It was yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting, and then and then we 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 launched that ridiculous ridiculous comeback. And honestly, like personally, I, I'm not gonna put that on the list just because I felt like the Warriors were always in control of that game um, by the end because they went to that KD step pick and roll and they just got mm-hmm. two buckets and it was over for the Raptors. Yeah, um, but, but there like, were like a lot of small things that could have turned that. You know, like tomorrow, yeah, for sure. um, you know, like like. Uh, 
Draymond like call, like, like recognizing uh, that pick and roll they were gonna run and like <sighs> switching assignments so that he he ended up switched on to Demar and, in like, the middle of the play. Like how did yeah. he? Yeah, he he saw that CJ Miles coming to the screen, right? Yeah, but I mean Demar like Incredible. He, like t- takes that mid range jumper that uh, I don't know. I thought they should have just like rescreened uh, and got the switch they wanted. Um, they, but they were they running out of time though. Yeah, I think they had enough time to do it. But either way, like you know, there was that shot. There was like the Pirtle block that got called for a foul on Steph. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> clean block, was, bro. Oh my god, that was the most painful clean block called a foul since Bismack blocked LeBron. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they were like the Warriors were totally in control of that game. Um, I, I there were sure, definitely yeah. some moments where I felt like the Raps had a chance to take it. Uh, but just the fact that they ended up in that game at the end was pretty incredible. Dude, they got outscored. 81, <laughs> 81 to 54 in the first half. Yeah. 81 to 54, and the Raptors ended up launching that comeback. Fred Van Vliet, huge in that comeback. That was definitely one of the top games of the year. Uh, I'm going to submit the DeMar 52 points against the Bucks. For o- sure. OT. Yeah. Um, just an awesome, awesome game. Um, you know, DeMar hitting those shots. I mean, first off, a very underrated, enjoyable part of that game was how much Demar was scoring on Chris Middleton. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a little extra sauce. Oh, Ben! Oh man, Ben Golliver of SI was just <laughs> watching that game in horror. Watching that game in horror, man. Elite three and D player. Yeah, yeah. Could not the could RPM not god. I don't even know if his RPM is that great anymore, to be honest, because RPM just fluctuates so high every year. But yeah. no, but seriously though, that that was just a like. You know, just a really fun game. It was at the ACC as well. Great yeah. atmosphere. Honestly, like snapping. Every uh, every game against the Bucks this year has been pretty incredible. For you know, like like those obviously obviously Demar dropping fifty two. Right. Um. Then the game they lost um, still like featured like a pretty awesome comeback and mm-hmm. and Jonas's game tying dunk at the buzzer. RJV's um, game tying dunk. It should have been an and one to win the game. Should have been. I mean, that would have made it that much more incredible, obviously. <laughs> and then, and then the game that they, like the Raps just absolutely eviscerated them in Milwaukee when um, Jonas had twenty and nine in the third yeah. quarter alone. Oh yeah, that's right, man. This, this honestly, this season has, has so many great wins, man. <laughs> yeah, so, like um, pre- pretty much every game against the Bucks has been a heater. Yeah, um, for sure. And be mad stressful in the playoffs, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so we so far we agree on two: the Houston game, Demarcus fifty-two. Um, what about the Pistons game? Overtime again. I think just the way that game got sent to OT, and then the way that game ended. Yeah. Bro, Demar Derozan driving the length of the floor to dunk all over Anthony Tolliver. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that game was like a top five game because it was actually like really frustrating for like you know three and a half quarters mm. um, until shit just went totally bonkers at right, the end right. of the game. Um, but yeah, the way that it ended, I think probably bumped it up into elite territory, not just that DeMar dunk, but also the Fred shot that sealed the win. Yeah. Um, DeMar driving but before the, that, the court again there to, to find the Fred in the corner. Yeah. Looking off CJ, um, which is good. CJ, I feel like not a very clutch shooter, but it is, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, before that, I feel like it was it, it was like Ish Smith draining random threes. No, like, it was Blake Griffin. <laughs> For some reason, we couldn't stop Blake Griffin in the post. He just kept doing yeah. that stupid Blake Griffin move where he's just super muscular and he just spins into your body and goes. Yeah, that's right. That was like one, the one like one of the few guys that Siakam couldn't handle. He, he yeah. was like abusing Siakam in the post. I thought they should have tried Pirtle in that game. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, that that was like extremely fun. Obviously, the last few minutes of that game were <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, I think we got to include that 34-point slap over the Cavs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, look, I don't give a shit what condition the Cavs were in. I don't care how much dysfunction there was. I don't care how much Isaiah Thomas was, you know, snitching a Woj. I don't care about that. The Raptors smacked the Cavaliers by 34 points, and I needed everyone to acknowledge it. It it was – I mean, personally, it was phenomenal because uh, I got to watch the game in Mississauga with Vivek and uh, Harish, and that was – like if we got to record a podcast in the next Hyundai in the parking lot, <laughs> uh, probably the most fun reaction podcast we did. But yeah, seriously, man, that game was just crazy. Like the way we just we jumped on them pretty much from like after six minutes, the Raptors jumped all over the Cavaliers. LeBron wasn't interested. He's like, this whole team is full of waste, man. And like, man, they just clobbered them. Like it, it was, yeah, it was hard. It was honestly, I felt bad for the Cavs after that game. I'm like, come on, have some dignity. I yeah, almost I mean, by 34 points. The way that it happened, too, just made it that much more incredible because what really blew the game open was this insane run by this lineup of Fred, DeLon, um, Lorenzo Brown, Pirtle, oh, yeah. and Siakam. That's like, right. That was the lineup that blew that game open, and it was incredible. Like, national TV game. I think the Raptors' first yeah. national TV game of the year. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you, your U.S national TV audience is just tuning in to see the Cavs get absolutely blasted by guys I'm sure that they'd never heard of before. Right. And this is this is two games after Kyle Lowry broke his ass in the, the Nets game. Yeah. And then like the no Raptors Lowry, lost no against surge. the Heat. Yeah, and then Serge got himself suspended because he, he started fighting with James Johnson in that Heat game, yeah. which was still kind of a bullshit loss because, you know, you got Wayne Ellington hitting the game winner on a layup. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Raptors bounced back incredibly. This is an incredible bounce back by a shorthanded team. Like, no Surge, no Larry. DeMar didn't even go off that much. It was just the bench. The bench just destroyed them. Lorenzo Brown really had six points. Malcolm Miller came <laughs> in, made his Raptors debut, hit two threes. I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely a top five. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what else. I got like there were there've been a lot of good games that weren't even like weren't especially memorable, but they were just like really enjoyable to watch. Um, right. Like really early in the season, there was that uh, game against the Blazers. Oh man, when, when we held the Blazers um, to no baskets until like six <laughs> seconds left. Evan, yeah, Evan I think Turner it was six, got a back. six points in uh, in the third quarter or the second quarter. Six um, points and just free throw. It could have been four yeah. points and just free throw. Like, oh, have been crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was, and, and that sticks out to me because I remember watching that game, and that was kind of when when it clicked for me that the team could actually be pretty special. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a huge Bay Bay game too. Like Bay Bay just yeah. absolutely went off in that game. Um, no, the Bay Bay games are fun. The Bay Bay games are fun. I, look. There's a lot. There's a lot of these games to choose from. I, I think the top four is pretty definitive uh, in terms of just like most memorable moments. Um, but, like, you know, even things like the Knicks game, that was really fun. By the way, the Cavaliers game, 133, that was the Raptors' season high for scoring. And that yeah. was in regulation, 133 in regulation. Um, Raptors spanking the Knicks, that was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, beating the Blazers the second time at home was also really great to see. That was during a, a dominant run for the Raptors. Um, that was when they were just absolutely, like, smacking everybody. Yeah. I mean, yo, there was a while the Raptors smacked every single team by 15 points. It was crazy. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, 
the Hornets. Like that was the game where OG went off for like six threes, and then Kyle Lowry said he, he started calling him Ray Allen. Yeah, baby Ray, come on, <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> put some respect oh, on know, Ray Allen in this DM game. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we got to uh, we got to include that that uh, Celtics game when uh, I think it was an ESPN game when uh, we beat oh. them by twenty points. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, I only, I honestly, that's probably definitely in there. I just like, I wasn't, I didn't see that live, so I didn't really get the full like enjoyment of it because I stupidly uh, chose was, to take vacation. I should, I didn't yeah. stupidly. It was a great vacation, but um, yeah. How was it live for you? It was incredible. Um, they, you know, it, it had been billed as this huge Titanic clash. You know, the top two teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, Rappers were hot in their tails. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember actually if it was a national TV game or not, but no, it um, was, it was, yeah, it was um, one of those Mark Jones, uh, Hubie Brown productions, right? Hubie loves it, and <laughs> yeah, Hubie Hubie's been on like a lot of Raptors broadcasts this year, and Bro, he's, uh, I, I enjoy him. Hubie mentioned that Pascal Siakam was uh, <laughs> G League Finals MVP, like on national <laughs> broadcasts, and I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, man does his research. <laughs> That's a lot of research. This, he's, been, he's reading Blake Murphy columns, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but yeah, that was another game where where the bench just like totally took over in the second quarter, and the game was over by halftime. Um, mm-hmm. It was incredibly fun, and like they were healthy in that game. I mean, obviously no Hayward, but they had their full complement of players outside of that, and they just got beat really, really bad. Uh, and that was really fun, just because for for so much of the early part of the season, like the and rightfully so, like the Celtics have been getting a ton of love. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserved it, like you know, in the wake of that injury, the way that they managed to pick up the pieces and and play as well as they did. Like I'm not saying they didn't deserve the amount of love that they were getting, um, but there was just like a certain satisfaction in um, you know seeing everybody kind of come to the realization that they they weren't as good as the Raps, oh, straight yeah. up. Oh yeah, didn't Delon Wright outscore? I'm gonna look at the box here right now, but I, I'm pretty sure Delon Wright outscored uh, Kyrie Irving in that game. Let me see. Kyrie had 17. Delon four, ah 14. Mm. I would say he <laughs> outplayed him though. I would say he outplayed yeah. him in that game. CJ Miles was playing off the bench. I mean, yeah, that was a crazy Lowry game too. He was insane. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Six threes, some free throws. Really set the tone early on. I love when Larry comes out aggressive, man. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, let, that's, that could be the fifth one. A lot of good games this season. A lot of good games. Yeah. Truly blessed, man. Really has been, man. What a fantastic year. All right. Um, we don't really need to preview next week's game. Like, the, the rest of the last two games here, I mean, like, they'll go to Detroit. They're going to win in Detroit. I, they always have energy when they go to Detroit. And also, like... Mm-hmm. Detroit lost to Memphis today. Yo, they allowed Memphis to score 130. <laughs> Memphis! Yeah, it's pretty sad. The Memphis Grizzlies, man. One thing I will say um, is if, like, the Raps decide they really want to play Miami in the first round, then mm. there's kind of a chance that they'll be able to make that happen by beating Miami in that last game of the season. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, because... So I think I think that he'd have the tiebreaker over both the Bucks and the Wizards, which would mm-hmm. mean 
Uh, Bucks and the Wizards both have to go two and zero, but the Heat get the Thunder next, so they could very much lose that game. And sure. the Thunder could also um, very much lose that game. I, I hate oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I hate that team. I really want to see that team miss the playoffs. We'll talk about it on, on Pound the Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if if both the Bucks and the Wizards uh, get to forty four, mm-hmm. and the Heat lose that game to the Thunder, then yeah, the Raps could. Um, control their own destiny as far as their first round opponent. Uh that's in Miami too? Oh yeah. oh man. OKC is definitely losing that game. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see, man. They're uh they're very trick or treat. They really are. Yo, oh man, yeah, damn. It would, I'm honestly if, if OKC misses the play, uh, after all this. Mm. Mm. Well they got they got a game left against Memphis, which I, I Yeah. As, as in, inconsistent as they've been, I don't think they're going to lose that game. So, I think they'll be fine. They'll get in. Who knows, man? Memphis is dangerous nowadays. True. You, you don't know dropping who these... one thirty, dropping one thirty on the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, you don't know who these guys are. Yeah, Marshawn Brooks has been lighting it up. Kobe Simmons. Who? Twenty points, <laughs> seven assists. That's all you need to know. Marshawn Brooks with a small face back in the NBA, twenty five points. <laughs> Treating, treating this as like it's the Chinese Basketball Association. <laughs> oh man, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll answer some Twitter questions. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket: Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit GoldfingerLaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Um, if you're still here and you want more NBA po- content, you should check out Pound the Rock. It's, uh, it's going to come out tomorrow. This is the third of many plugs for the, the upcoming podcast. But seriously, it's an NBA podcast. I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this one, you might as well listen to the next one. So check that out. I'll tweet it out. I'm sure Wolfon will tweet it out. Um, you know, if you if you have the score alerts, which you should. You should get the score app and subscribe to NBA Alerts. You probably get an alert there too. So there's a lot of way to find it. So it's up on iTunes too. Um, you know, that, that sort of took a while to get the the podcast up on iTunes, but it's up there and you can find us. So listen to that podcast. But in the meantime, you're listening to this current podcast and we are going to take your Twitter questions. Uh, and you know, as always, it is up at Raptors Republic. Oh man! First one comes from Karan Sharma. What do the Raptors have to do to finally win Game One of the playoffs? Just be themselves. Like, not panic. Don't shit your pants. Yeah, honestly, like they, you know, that's I think going to be the biggest thing. They're really good. Uh, they by now should know that they're really good, mm-hmm. and I think you just hope that if they come out a little bit cold, um, or you know, if if it just feels like the game's starting to get away from them a little bit, that they don't, uh, that they aren't like haunted by the ghosts of game one past, mm. and that they remember who they are, like that they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, and that whoever they're playing against has no business being on the floor with them. Like they, they honestly, like there's no excuse at this point. Like they can't, they can't lose another game one. They just can't. It's it's enough already. Um, I don't know what specifically they can do. Like, just be prepared. You know? I'll, like, I'll be prepared everything. That's it. Yeah. yeah no, but there seriously, just don't, I'll sh- just don't shut the pants. That's it, right? And I think I don't want to put it on one player, but in a lot starts of... Starts with Kyle. Yeah, it's, a lot of it starts with Kyle, right? But here's the thing. 
this season, the Raptors have won a lot of games without Kyle Lowry scoring the way he needs to score necessarily. So it's a bonus. It's a huge bonus. So Kyle Lowry can come out there and start spraying threes or whatever, game over. It's, it's, seriously, it's game over. But, um, you know, tra- traditionally the Raptors' game one defense has been fine. It's just it, like Kyle Lowry doesn't score well and the Raptors struggle with scoring. And, you know, they get into this weird funk, they scrap, they get back into the game, and then they lose. You know, the Raptors have won a lot of games without. I know it's already, it's already stressful. I can hear that. Yeah. That size. There's a lot of stress in that side. I just remember like mm. feeling so confident last year. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, you, me, and Josh. We, <laughs> we were feeling good, and uh, man, I, I just like I, I will remember that feeling, man, of, of that confidence just slowly mm-hmm. seeping out of my body. Yeah. Um and and just yeah watching Kyle turn into a shell again I'm like just Dude. feeling like I couldn't believe that it was happening again Matthew Delavidova <laughs> yeah I don't even want to think about it um yeah yeah this is the year it ends I'm this calling is the year it ends this, this, this is why we got to back up Kyle and Fred VanVleet okay if 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 regular if if, <laughs> if Spotify Premium Kyle is is, uh, <laughs> is is not doing doing it we we can we can listen to Spotify with ads Kyle. Um, next one from Josh, our guy. Yeah, there you go. Whose phone is the more, most important for the front office takeaway this postseason? Previous years, Patrick Patterson and Graves Vasquez. Um, I don't know, man. Look, I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Probably Surge, bro. Just chill on Snapchat. Yeah, okay, just no Snapchats for like two weeks or not two weeks, a, a month. Surge can't even go that far. There's no way. I don't know, man. I had like a. People really dump on Surge for how much he Snapchats, but like I feel like it's just know, funny man. to see him send so many thirsty snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he does is like a very sensual snap. It's yeah, it's just crazy. like you know if if uh, if that's what makes him happy. Like I don't want to uh, you, you know I don't want to take it away from him. Like okay. he, he's uh, he's got to go to his happy place. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, man, but imagine Serge Ibaka's DMs. That that's oof. Yeah, I don't want to imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> All right, you know what? You're right. You know what? We can't deprive Serge of that. I don't, I don't want Serge showing up unhappy and stuff. Um, no. I don't know. Probably CJ Miles. Don't don't look at your DM, CJ Miles. Don't look at what Lawrence tweeted about you. <laughs> it's probably gonna be very supportive. Yeah, it's very it's, sweet. Has she been tweeting about him? Yeah. It's great. Well, I don't it's follow great. her on Twitter, so you should. Uh, you should. Yeah. What's it? Well, I'm gonna shout out the handle. Uh, it is LSM. Yeah, that's the Twitter name. I am Lauren Miles. Yeah, word. I got it. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, good, it's a good. She's a good follow. Um, next one from Assad. Would you rather the Raptors sweep through the Eastern Conference or spot Philly a game in the Eastern Conference Finals so we can celebrate the Eastern Conference Trophy at the ACC? Um, it'd be really funny for the Raptors to celebrate the Eastern <laughs> Trophy right before the finals. It just would be peak Raptors to be like, yeah, we did it. We did it. And it's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> you still got to play. I mean, I, 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 yeah. Um, no, nah, I mean, realistically, though, that... Uh, we're losing to LeBron in the second round. Let's be real. Let's be real about this. Man, all right. Yeah, like, I... Uh, mm-hmm. To answer the question... I, yeah. I would definitely be comfortable spotting them a game so that uh, the celebration could be at home. 
Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Be I would set up for the championship. When the Raptors beat the Houston Rockets in five games. <laughs> uh, That's when you spot them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give, so give, Houston, give Houston game four. After it's like, oh, 3-0, all right, here you go. Like like right. what the Cavs did, or like what the, the, the Warriors did last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. A gentleman sweep. Yeah. Um, this one from Amin Amin. What are the chances of the Raptors getting a WNBA team? Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't heard anything about that actually. From I've nev- uh, that's the thing. I've, it's weird to n- have never heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it feels like we definitely have the infrastructure to support something like that. Yeah, like, look at the support for the 905. People were driving by the Buffalo to go to the Erie to watch the Erie BayHawks lose the 905 as the 905 advanced to the Eastern Conference or the the NBA or the G League Finals, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be, I think, a pretty long process. Obviously, mm-hmm. it would take like a few years, um, especially since, like, as far as I know, you know, there's nothing like that in the works. Um, so I, I don't know. A lot would obviously have to go into that. Uh, like who, like would MLSE own the team? Um, and like, you know, is WNBA looking to expand and like add another team? Uh, or would it be like a relocation? Uh, I don't know. A lot of questions, but I, I think it's a great idea. Like I feel like the city should have a WNBA team for sure. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one from Darth Lean. What do you think of Zach Lowe teasing you, uh, Will, on the pod on his hot take about the uh, and and his hot take about the future of Pascal? Um, it was just. I mean, look, he misread the tweet. It's cool, whatever. That's fine. It happens. It happens. What I said was, it was a shame the Raptors would end the a, a great regular season with you know no shows like in the Cavs game and in the Celtics game and in the Cavs game. I did not mean to say the Raptors' season was ending. That's ridiculous. They were literally going to the playoffs. Like, so, no, it was good. It was good. He, he's, all he's, press is good press, man. All press is good press. You're right. You and I literally tweet or text each other about this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Zach, I was, come on uh, this podcast, please. Zach, <laughs> please. I know you're in Toronto all the time. Come on this podcast. Yeah, you're just here, right? I'm sliding on uh, you publicly now. It's here for the uh, for the Celtics and uh, Pacers games. Good games to come to. Yeah. And then the Pascal thing. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Pascal. Do you think Pascal can be an all-star? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think, like, the one significant hole in his game right now is his shooting. Yeah. So uh, I think what Zach said was, like, if he if he becomes a passable three-point shooter, you know, like three like 35% three-point shooter, like guys have to guard him out on the perimeter, mm. he can be an all-star. And I totally think that that's true because he has all the other tools. Um and he has developed those tools in like a pretty astonishing uh, period of time. You know, it's happened really quickly. So yeah. that gives me hope that he was going to be able to just continue improving uh, at a pretty rapid rate. And I don't see why he can't get there. You know, as long as the shot comes around, uh, which you know, God willing, it will. The man started playing basketball like six years ago. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of time. Uh, next one from Keon. Why do you think some American media goes so hard on the Raptors? Um, I've been thinking, and I don't really recall it being so, quote, venomous until the East Finals run year. Um, that's the we the other year. I think it, most of it boils down to Americans love feeling superior to Canadians, and they love making these jokes. That's it. And it's easy to joke about a team like the Raptors who, you know, have looked 
less of themselves in the playoffs. So, like, a lot of it does come from that. I think, like, look at, like, look at when the Raptors were beating the, the, the breaks off the, uh, of the Bucks, right? They were chanting USA. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, the sentiment is pretty clear. Like, they just okay, want. But that's, those are like fans in Milwaukee. I feel like. No, but I mean, you know, like, if you, like, come on, if you're Canadian, you go down to the United States. People love making jokes about Canadians. Like, just, it's a thing. It's not a necessarily malicious thing. I just think people like making jokes about how but somewhat I don't think inferior that, I don't think Canadians that's connect, are. I don't think that's connected to why people like to hate on the Raptors. Mm, I don't know. I, I, that's my theory. That's, that's that's my theory. Okay. What's your theory? My theory is that, like, I to me, it feels like the same as it was for the Hawks, just being this but like nobody, perpetually. Nobody, but do people mm-hmm. really clown the Hawks like that? I mean, what do you hear when people talk about sort of like being on like like a treadmill team or like a, like a, a team that's you know good but not great? It's like they they get compared to being the mid two thousands Hawks who like topped that's out true. in the second round. Okay. Um, or you know if you were like a good team that gets the one seed but is destined to just be like beaten by LeBron, you get compared to being like the twenty fifteen Hawks. Like that team is used as an example of. Like a team that was basically a fraud, you know, that was mm-hmm. like a nice little story, but was destined to basically flame out when it mattered. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it, that's pretty much the same thing with the Raptors. Is like they have these great regular seasons, they don't really play up to that level in the playoffs for a long time until this season. They were kind of a drag to watch. Um, you know, uh, Kyle and Demar can be fairly annoying in the way that they foul bait. Um, the the raps do like whine to the officials a lot. I think like there are a lot of different reasons. I think you could pick out as to why people would just like objectively not like the Raptors that have nothing to do with Canada. Mm. Um, but my feeling mostly is just that they, I don't know. I think at a certain point that like there's a fatigue. So it, it's like a fatigue watching the Raptors every year like have these good regular seasons, and then you know, for it inevitably to not add up to anything except, like, a, you know, a disappointing playoff exit. Um, and I feel like until that changes, that's the reputation that they're going to wear. Okay. I think that's fair. It's probably a bit of both. But I really do think that, like, Americans really do love to joke on Canadians and the fact that this is the only Canadian team. Like, I don't know. It's just easy. It's just, I just, maybe it's even just, like, maybe it's not even top of mind, but, you know. I think it plays a factor in it. Yeah, good. Um, man, that's a lot of these other playoff questions. I mean, look, this is gonna be a playoff preview. Like, come on, man. Okay. Um, all right, how about this one? Last one, Mister Chin. With all the talk of where LeBron will go, why is it never mentioned a LeBron to Toronto? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a, he will fit really nicely here. Yeah, of course. Of he'd, course. Fit, he'd fit nicely a lot of places. Yeah, literally anywhere. Um, I I don't know. I can't. Uh, I guess I can't really answer that except to say, um, that the. I mean, honestly, until maybe right now, um, I don't feel like Toronto is a place that has offered LeBron a better basketball situation than, um, you know, any other number of places that he could go if he so chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like at this point the Raptors 
could offer LeBron like a pretty good situation, like depending. Obviously, they have oh, yeah. to clear a ton of a ton of cap space to sign him, or they get him a sign and trade or something. Yeah, I don't, don't worry. Sign and trade work. surge, bro. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You get, you get us. You get a three and D, you know, power forward to put beside Kevin Love. It's perfect. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't have an answer. Yeah. Uh, I just think that. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's part part of it is a reputational thing, to be honest. Like, they're the Raptors as a franchise. I feel like still have a lot of catching up to do, as oh, far yeah. as just like, um, you know, having like cachet and um, Being pedigree. Game one, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's an element of that that factors into it, and I think um, I don't know. There's other things like. The, you know, the Canadian market compared to the American market, like the weather compared to the weather in, say, L.A. or Miami, mm-hmm. the taxes. I don't know, man. Like, whatever you want to throw out there, I'm sure there are reasons. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, do, you have anything, do you have anything to add? No. I think, yeah, all those factors are, are exist and whatever. And I think, yeah, I mean, Toronto's a great market, and the Messiah side of many times, but uh, and I, I truly do believe, like Messiah does, that um, – it's going to be a crazy – there's going to be a crazy hype that's going to be tapped into when that true superstar comes through. And, and you know, with all due respect to Kyle and DeMar, they're not really on that level. Um, yeah. But I just think that that person has to be homegrown. Like, it had to be, like, that Wiggins scenario, which is – it's good that we didn't get Wiggins, to be honest. It's good that we didn't tag to get Wiggins. But, yeah, um, you know, like, if R.J. Barrett came through and, you know, was a top three player in the league and he was doing what he was doing. Like, look at what Vince – like, the Vince Sanity era. And that was just to establish the popularity of basketball in Toronto. And, to, well, I mean, basketball was already popular at that time, but, like, really establish it as a basketball product to be popular, not just the sport itself. And, and you know, you fast forward 20 years, all the infrastructure that's been built up, the arena that we have um, – the the fan base, I mean, all the media outlets. I mean, like, sh- Raptors fans complain about, like, coverage. I mean, like, look how much local coverage you have. It's insane. Yeah. It's really insane how much coverage you get, man. Um, You know, so, yeah, I, I think the, the the right star will come along uh, at that time. But it has to be a homegrown guy. It can't be LeBron just coming here for a weird little tour. But I think our best bet, honestly, to, to, to pitch LeBron is just to say, Donald Trump is not the president of this country. <laughs> <laughs> and wherever you sign, Trump's still going to be president or president for at least two more years, well, unless he gets impeached. I really doubt that. But I mean, like, yeah, that's that's probably the best pitch to LeBron. I don't think he necessarily takes that. No, I mean, I don't think. Uh, like, first of all, uh, I, I don't think. In in a way, I, I almost feel like that would be like an abdication of responsibility for him. Like he's, True. I think, done a really good job of, like, speaking up. And speaking up against, um, you know, the kind of crazy shit that's been going on in that administration and in the states right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I applaud him for that, and I feel like he he's really embraced that. You know, like I think he he enjoys being like more of a, a spokesperson, um, and you know, having more of like a, a kind of political profile. Um, yeah. I think it's a good look for him. So, True. yeah. Well, there you go. He's not coming to Toronto. No, he's not coming to Toronto. Come on, what are you guys saying, man? Come on. <laughs> as much as I would love it, it's not happening. We, we got yeah. we got OG. Let's just let's just stick with OG, man. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We yeah. can we could yeah. Anyway, well, fun. This has been fun. Yeah, man. It's been so fun. 
if I would again tomorrow. independently. Yeah, if I if independently. If this podcast has been so fun, I would want to listen to another hour of us talking together <laughs> about basketball. And you can do that tomorrow on Pound the Rock. Download that podcast. Please, please, please download it. I don't even know if I need to beg that hard. If you like this podcast, you'll like that podcast for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're really embracing the uh, spirit of the title of the podcast. Uh, that's that's right. how aggressively you're pushing it right now. Just that's right. Uh, just well, chipping away. We named the podcast very, very much in Dwayne Casey's honor. There's even another segment in the podcast that's also named in Dwayne Casey's honor. No podcast has given that much respect to Dwayne Casey ever. We'll say that much. So, yeah. All right. Wolf on. As always, Thanks, follow. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Follow, follow Wolf on on Twitter. That's yeah, Joey, Joey underscore W. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Thanks again for having me on, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to you for, uh, you know, being available for sure. I'm, I'm slacking so hard with this podcast. I'm so tired. I'm just tired. But um, seriously, it's always great to have you on. And uh, yeah, in terms of the the listeners, um, there will be a podcast previewing the playoffs either Thursday or Friday when the Raptors know, uh, you know, who the first round opponent is going to be. It's, you know, going to be one of Milwaukee. Uh, Miami or Washington. Whenever that's determined, we will. I will call up Blake. I will make sure I find a time that works with Blake. We'll talk, you know, through the the playoffs, talk through the angles, and you know, and, and really just preview the playoffs in depth. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy these last two games. Thanks again, Wolfon, for coming on, and uh, we'll be back later in this week. Peace. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.